Welcome back to another episode of Black Girl Fly. I'm your girl, Tanisha Cole. And I'm Tashana Dixon. And today we're going to be talking about another asset class that is oftentimes forgotten. Or overlooked. Or overlooked. And that, my friends... Intellectual property. Boom, boom, boom. (laughs) (laughs) So I love to talk about this because I think that we are in an era where content... It's huge, and all content really is, is intellectual property, right? Mm-hmm. We are seeing a lot of people who are able to create substantial wealth or substantial earnings based on this idea of really owning a bunch of intellectual property. And what? how would you define intellectual property for the folks listening? Well, this is a bad one for me, but, um, <laughs> but I would say that it, it, it's really... Something that, or a tangible thing that you own the rights to, that no one else can use because you have this relationship of ownership to. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like a product, but it could be, it could be a song. It could be rights to like a certain name or an image or an image. Right? There's trademarks. There's copyrights that would help protect this form of. Um, property, like of asset. And so one of the cases that stands out to me is I heard this story about Apple, right? Apparently they were in like decades long cut, not custody, (laughs) you're thinking about custody, but decades long court battle with the Beatles over the name Apple. So apparently Apple had like a holding company. It was, I think it was their like label, their music holding the Beatles company. Had the the company. Beatles had a label holding company, music holding company that was called Apple, right? And this is before Apple has come around. Yeah, um, this was like and, in the 80s. Or and something it had like nothing to do with, with a large portion of what now exists today is Apple's business, right? Right. It's completely different at the time. We know Apple first came out, they were about computers, mm-hmm. right? And so, when the court case first came about, it was really just over the name. And they came to an agreement, Apple, the company we know now, and the Beatles, they came to an agreement, as long as you do not venture into the music world, you can continue to use this name. For a price, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were paid. <laughs> they were paid. So, so, so think about this, though. It wasn't even, the Beatles didn't have this creative license that was being infringed upon. They just said, we have a name. Yes, they had a trademark on the name. And that gave them a monetary leverage over this new company, Apple, who was trying to do computers. Yes, yes. And mind you, this was years, (laughs) years in between the starting of this company, Apple. Like, they could not have known that this was ever going to happen. Yeah, definitely. So that's another thing to note. Like, you just never know. But when you think about assets, though, these aren't just, you know, the stocks and, and the homes or the property and, and, and things like that. When you have a right to things, it gives you so much more opportunity yeah. um, that's there to, to go on with that story, though. So we know that Apple eventually, well, the company that we know as Apple now, eventually right. got into the music business. What happened then? So when Apple did decide to go into music, um Beatles sued them again, okay? <laughs> and for a lot Cha-ching! more money. I mean, I cannot remember the number off the top of my head, but millions, yeah. millions of dollars. And I think it was at least over a 10-year period that they were in these court battles. 
So it finally ended up getting settled like the Beatles won because Apple infringed upon their promise, their initial promise. And think about this. So so in this case, we were talking millions, millions, I guess it was like hundreds of millions of dollars. And then when you own things, you you can protect it as well. I don't know if you knew about the whole Black China and the Kardashian name. Mm -hmm. So uh, she tried to name a business after her uh, child that she has with Rob Kardashian. And his family was able to stop her because they trademarked their name and oh, so she wow. couldn't start the business um, I didn't and, know and they were able to protect themselves against her trying to use, use the, the name. name wow yep. that's a profit that's crazy yep. and we see a lot of celebrities protecting their names like Beyonce even listen y'all Beyonce Queen Bay she has a whole company that is dedicated to handling her trademarks and copyrights oh wow like, I didn't know that yeah it's a whole company like it is a serious business like it is Especially when you're that famous, right? Like Dream Kardashian, like she could have made a lot of money off of that. Mm-hmm. Kardashians knew that. <laughs> they were already on it. Already on it. Yeah, no. So I, I think that we're, we're talking a lot about like name ownership and things like mm-hmm. that. But there's this also this intellectual property when, when you think about like books and, and courses and things yeah. like that. Have you had any experience in, in that area? So we're actually writing some books right now. And so... I mean, this really challenged us when we were thinking about starting a business and how we could monetize our business. You know, one thing we thought about was real estate, because that's something that's been around for us for a very long time. Mm -hmm. But so often people forget about these other ways to monetize businesses through products and services. And we didn't necessarily want to do a service, but products, things like courses, things like books. These things can live for a very long time. Yeah. Like most that, can be evergreen. Yeah, no, that was one thing that was important to me. When we decided to do a book, so we are actually launching a kids book series with a lot of the philosophy that you hear us talk about here. When we thought about doing that, it wasn't so much so the monetization portion that was really important to me. It was that I have a message that I want to make sure is communicated so people know what we stand for, so we can communicate it to to different audiences and actually share the values and the principles that we have. And the only way that I could think to do that was to really disseminate that in some written format. Right. This girl wants us to write a novel. I'm like, (laughs) Linda, can we start small? (laughs) But I think it's great. So you have books. I mean, think about the books that you read as a a child. These books weren't written five years ago, 10 years ago. These are things that will live on past you. And I think that that is one thing that's great, that when you think about providing for your children's children and really having that generational impact, not just from a monetary perspective, but from a message, from a value that you've given to the world, I think the best way you can do that is, is with some intellectual property. Yeah, and I'm really in, you know, as we come to the, like, end of publishing the first three books, it's just been, like, I don't know, it's been such an amazing experience because, number one, the stories are based on my nieces, Tashonda's daughters, and, like, every time I reread the stories, I just see so much of them in it, and then just the messages that we're wanting to teach them. It's a constant reminder to, like, keep teaching them these things. Yeah. For me, it's so funny that you said that, because the thing that I 
when I read them, the things that I was thinking about is, am I instilling this in my everyday activity? Mm-hmm. So the messages, like I said before, it's, it's all about the messages that we teach here. But am I living this thing out? And how can I make sure that I communicate that? So in reading the books, I'm like, oh, yeah, I do that all the time. Or, oh, I need to I need to brush up on this, make sure that they are, are getting this information from me as their mother. Yeah. So I really, I like it too, though, because I can see really the things that I want to leave behind being left in a more tangible way. Yeah. And I'm like, they're accessible to everyone too, right? I think that's my biggest gripe to the black community is that we don't share our knowledge back. Like between all of us, we have so many years of experience, so many years of hardship and learning. Like we need to share that knowledge. And so I think this was one of our approaches to do that. So now we're putting our thoughts and how to communicate these concepts to little kids. Like we're putting that in book form for everyone else who is struggling with the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And I think too, one of the things that I go, I go to a church and we have a, a kid session where the pastor brings the kids forward and she gives them a message in a way that they can receive it. Right. Mm-hmm. Something that communicates and at their level in, in their language and in things that are, are explained in examples that they could relate to. But in that message on those Sundays where I'm listening, I get information as an adult as well (laughs) that I, most times, honestly, there's been some things that I'm like, that was good in kids' church. I think when you do that, it's intentionally good. Well, well, today I was like, and she tied it to the grown up message. I was like, dang, like, what? shout out to Pastor Megan. But, right. uh, She's but, but the whole thought is, though, is that the reason that we change the level of our tone with children is because their vocabulary isn't as extensive, right? They haven't had enough experience to be able to relate to more heightened conversation. But at the same token, we have now even the playing field to communicate the message more broadly because more people can understand whether there's children or they're 80 or whether they've had these experiences or they, they haven't had the experience that we've talked about on a more complicated level. So listen, 80 year olds, if you want to buy our book <laughs> for you too. Okay. That is what, that is what hot off the press. That's what I just heard. Yes. No, no, it is. But ultimately going back to our topic, Intellectual property is great. We have so many things that we can leave behind, whether it be creative or intellectual or thought provoking or or just your thing that you have this level of ownership to that ultimately can create another stream of income for you or can create that legacy that you are looking to leave behind. Yeah. Amen. I I have nothing to add on that point. So, so check us out. We're going to actually put links to our books where you can see them and where you can get to them. Shout out to the Legacy Builder Series. Yes, Legacy Builder Series is what you guys will see. And it's presented to you by Black Girl Fly. Yes. So signing off. Until next time, guys. I'm Tanisha Nicole. And I'm Shana Dixon. And we are Black Girl Fly. Black Girl Fly.